As someone who enjoys a pastry or two, I got very excited when not one but two bakeries chose to open up shop downtown Hudson in 2020. While one of them is no longer open, the other has thrived, and I perhaps visit it more often than I should. That would be St. Croix Baking Company, which offers up tasty pastries, awesome breads, and even homemade ice cream. The man behind it all is Chef Charles Froke, the guest of today's St. Croix Stories episode. We'll talk to Chef Froke about the impressive places he worked before bringing his baking expertise to downtown Hudson, his family history here in Hudson, his favorite things to bake, and we'll touch on his Minnesota sports fandom in a border town like Hudson. Please enjoy my time with Chef Charles Froke. Excited to be chatting today with chef and owner of St. Croix Baking Company, Charles Froke. Charles, how are you doing today? Great, great. Thank you for having me. Let's, uh, let's start. I'll just maybe give a little bit of an introduction to your background. We were chatting. You have some, uh, some ties to Hudson. Uh, you've been living here now for a few years, but just tell us about uh, who you are and kind of your background. Uh, well, I grew up in Burnsville. Uh, spent quite a bit of time in Hudson here over the years. My mom is from here. My grandfather lived here for many, many years, and we had a boat on the St. Croix. So it seemed that every weekend growing up, we were here in some way, shape, or form, either boating or hanging out at grandpa's house and cooking with grandma or baking with grandma. And uh, yeah, here we are, full circle, back again. What was Hudson like back in those days? What do you remember most about the town itself? I guess. Uh, the, it, it was a lot different back then. I remember a lot of motorcycles on Main Street, <laughs> <laughs> depots. Yep. Quite, uh, quite different now. It's, it, it seems it's quite the cool food scene now. There's, yep. It seems like something's opening every week. Yeah. Um, and it's just a great, it's just totally changed. It's a great place to be. It's a, it's a destination, it seems like, for a lot of people. Yeah. You mentioned the great food scene, which is why we've got you on here today. As, as I mentioned, chef and owner of St. Croix Baking Company, downtown Hudson. Um, we'll, we'll talk to we'll talk about some of the places that you've worked before that in just a minute. But take me back to the beginning of kind of your, your maybe food career journey. Uh, when did you realize that being a chef was something you wanted to do? I don't know if it was ever something I realized that I said, hey, I just, I want to be a chef, right? I yeah. just, I grew up, my grandmothers taught me how to bake when I was really young. Started with monster cookies with my grandma in nice. South Dakota, which I sell at the shop there. And okay. actually, it's one of our biggest sellers, which is really cool. Is that her recipe? It's her recipe. Okay. I haven't changed it a bit. Nice. Uh, and it's, it's, it's huge. We can't even keep them on the shelves. It's great. <laughs> Everybody loves them, which is, warms my heart. Uh, so I really kind of started off that way and, uh, you know, started doing pizzas and cooking them and delivering them when I was, when I was pretty young, 16 Okay. and was in the industry that way, kind of started. And then I went to college, uh, at St. Mary's college for a year and ended up leaving and being a ski bomb out West. Wow, nice. And really the only way to support that is to, to work in a restaurant right? sure. and, and having, you know, some baking skills from my grandmothers that I was always put to work doing all the desserts because nobody really liked to do it <laughs> in a restaurant. It was always kind of a pain in the butt for people. So I got I uh, got into it that way and just kind of fell in love and and realized I needed to go back to school. So I, I moved back to this area, went to Stout. Okay. I uh, had a couple of really great chef instructors take me under their wing and taught me more than, you know, most people. I could show that I could cook really well. Yeah. Um, so they, they took a liking to me and really taught me, taught me a lot. It was great. Where out West were you a ski bum? Uh, Telluride, Colorado. Okay. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so you kind of talked about the baking part of it, but did, was that always kind of the focus, uh, or, or did you kind of make a shift in the pastries and that sort of thing and kind of get more serious about the, the baking aspect of it? Yeah. Started, started on the hot side, uh, was 
you know, and that's what I only knew really. Yeah. I mean, with, with the exception of making cheesecakes and creme brulees <laughs> and, and a few things for the menu like that. But uh, yeah, really started on the hot side, fell in love with it that way. And, you know, I always really did like to bake and, and stuff, but it was never, Hey, yeah, this is what I want to do. Right. Yeah. And I just, I just kind of just fell in love with it. The more I did it, the more I did it and just loved it. And Ended up going to, after Stout, I went to uh, a Culinary Institute of America and just okay. took, you know, continuing ed classes, didn't didn't go for the full-on massive degree, which sure. costs an arm and a leg nowadays. <laughs> and w- was working at the Creamery restaurant in, in Downsville, Wisconsin. Okay. Um, the chef there really taught me a ton, and, and I owe a, a huge debt of gratitude to him for... For really teaching me everything in the industry and, and, and baking, just hard on, full professional baking. Yeah, yeah that's how I got started, really. Yeah. I mean, fell in love with it sure. and, and made the switch to full-time baking there. And then this is a career that's taking you around the world. You've got people can't see it that are listening. We've got the Four Seasons hat on, which is a place that you worked in the past. Uh, you've worked Washington, D.C., Miami, Costa Rica, some high-end hotels, including the Four Seasons that I mentioned. I want to ask about that part. What's the best and the worst part about working at a, a five-star hotel like the Four Seasons? <laughs> I'm sure you have some stories. Uh, I've got a lot of crazy stories. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's it's a difficult environment to work in because yeah. it's – I always joke that we're we're not saving lives, right? We're just making food. But yeah. in, a, in a lot of those cases, a lot of people truly believe they are saving lives. <laughs> um, there's a lot of money. It's It's – I mean, you're working with the 1% of society on a lot of parties, million-dollar bar mitzvahs, million-dollar weddings. <laughs> um, and, the, and the pressure, which is this is going to sound kind of crazy, but I, the the pressure and the stress of it, I, I really loved. Hmm. Um, it just makes you focus. It makes you do the best that you possibly can, always. That part of it's great. Um, you really can't make any mistakes. So, I mean, but I make mistakes every day. And, and it's just <laughs> a fact. But uh, you just can't make any major mistakes. So you do whatever you can to ensure that everything goes smoothly. And it's it's a lot of stress and it's a lot of pressure. But it's at the end of the day, it's fun. It really is. Uh, the worst part of it is probably having 15 bosses, <laughs> too many bosses. <laughs> Um, so that, that's always, that's always difficult. And anytime you wanted to start something new, you'd have to present it to, you know, the under, under boss and then the next boss and then the next boss. Yeah. And then before you get something on the menu, 30 people have had to try to taste, try yeah. to taste it and giving you their feedback. I'm thinking of the bear, the TV show, the bear. I don't know if you've watched that or not, but I'm getting visions of that, uh, especially this last season. Is it all, uh, have, Hey, have you seen that in beat? Is that, uh. Is that strike a, a you know what I haven't I haven't I have okay. not watched the bear I'm probably one of a f- only a few people that <laughs> haven't uh, I've heard great things about it and I've heard it's the you know the the closest thing to what really goes on yeah. so I, I do need to check it out yeah I, I would I'd recommend it yeah well so we, we talked about kind of where you've been in the past it ended up here now in Hudson you, you mentioned your, your family ties to Hudson but how did you decide to end up opening a bakery down in Hudson uh, well I've known Pete Foster for for many years and just known that there just isn't anything here that fits the bill for that. So it's always a something I always had my eye on the on the town and I always had my eye on, you know, places, real estate, something, some place to do this. And it's been kind of a thing for, I don't know, before I opened, maybe four or five years of just okay. kind of just talk. And then one day it all kind of clicked together and I I actually quit my job to focus on on this full time uh, right before the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, literally two months before I quit my job to work on the business plan and, and just really hammer this through and and really did it. I had just sick of, like I said before, 
so many bosses. I just, I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. Uh, I just had to, to do it for myself and see if I could do it. And everybody kept telling me, you know, go do your own thing, go do your own thing. Yeah. And, and I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I just, I, <laughs> it's going to be too many hours. I'll be there all the time, which is came true, <laughs> but uh, you got to love it. And I do. And it's, this is, I'm just glad it, it all worked out here. Yeah. As far as the, the location, were you thinking downtown the whole time or, and were you also looking at maybe other towns in the area or was it always going to be Hudson? That was kind of your, your I, it was choice? always Hudson was the target, yeah. the, the center of the target for sure. And downtown was it. It's it. I mean, yeah. it's the foot traffic is amazing. You got, you know, you could literally throw a rock and hit the river from our place probably. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it was always downtown. It, it's got such a charm and such a feel mm -hmm. to it. And, and now it is a destination. We get so many people from, from all over this, this state, Minnesota, and, and a lot of places. And what's really neat is a lot of people tell me, Hey, we came down here just for you. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Which is really cool. Yeah. Um, so it, it's proved right that this was definitely the, yeah. the place to be. And I'm walking distance to your place. So I'm, I'm there all the time, <laughs> as you know, and it, it's, it's dangerous. Cause I, yeah, it's, I mean, I sometimes can't help myself, but, uh, yeah, I, I love having, having you down there. So, um, you, you touched on a little bit, you quit your job right before the pandemic. I think you opened August, 2020. Is that right? Uh, well, October, yeah. October. Close, okay. Yep. But at that point, still kind of in the midst of the pandemic, take me through that whole process of opening a restaurant and, and then, you know, welcoming customers and just what that was like for, you know, those first handful of months or the first year, maybe. Well, I, like I said, I quit the job and, and just started doing paperwork on this and, and trying to, you know, figure out what we wanted to do and, and what direction we wanted to go and, and had a, I would have lost my job. But mm. That job never was filled. So I had a lot of time to just sit and, and uh, focus on this stuff. I thought it would be a lot easier than it was. You know, I, I the rent or the uh, the lease was up for the, the guitar shop before me there. Okay. And it just kind of bing, bang, boom. It just kind of everything fell in line right away. Pete gave me a call and said, hey, this is, this is going to go now. If you want to do it, let's go. Yeah. So I... All right, I'm here, man. I, I moved a couple of weeks later, and and really we went into it. My dad and I did a lot of work in the shop and had had some family members help, and we you know did all the woodwork. We couldn't find people to do woodwork. We couldn't find. I mean, it was just it was every week there was something different. You right. couldn't get electricians. You couldn't get this, that, or the other thing. Or there was you know lumber shortages. I mean, there was a shortage of every kind every week. It seemed like. Yeah. So it was not easy. It was it it was not easy. It took from May until October to get everything wow. done, polished, finalized, plugged in, and and ready to go. Yeah. Uh, so once you did open, I mean, what was the reception like from the community? I know I was excited to to see a bakery open up, but what was that initial kind of reaction like from from people in town and, and maybe from you know coming out of town too? Uh, the initial reaction was great. Uh, I wanted a soft opening, didn't really want to say anything for a couple of days and just kind of work out some kinks and, and realize, well, you know, what works, what doesn't. But uh, it was leaked that morning. So I had a line <laughs> around the block, oh, wow. uh, which was cool. Uh, so we ran out of stuff immediately and just kept baking, baking and baking. And I'm from the, you know, the, the school of you don't run out of things. Yeah. So we just kept just plugging away and trying to get stuff out there. And so the initial action was great. Uh, Hudson's been fantastic. People are really welcoming and, and, and loving what we do. So it's been, it's been great. 
Uh, for those who haven't been to your, your shop, and I encourage everyone to go check it out. What uh, just tell people kind of what what you make and maybe specialize in uh, you know for kind of the day to day goods. Uh, well, we start the day with with fresh breads. We'll probably do anywhere from nine to twelve different fresh breads a day, and I really thought those would take off in the beginning, and and they kind of didn't. But the last, I mean, this last year, people have really gotten into the breads, which is yeah. really makes me happy. The baked potato loaf is oh, the, the, the yeah. potato, yeah, the baked <laughs> potato that's very popular. Um, so the breads are really taken off, especially this year. And that's, that's really, really pleasing, but we do, I mean, the, the breakfast pastries, I think we offer like 10 or 12 different things of those mm-hmm. two homemade cookies up to 10, 12 kinds, uh, bars, uh, we make our own ice cream, uh, pies, cakes, do a ton of specialty cakes. I mean, give us a call. We'll make you a cake. <laughs> Give us, a, you know, a couple of days, please. <laughs> uh, but that's the other thing is I, I tend to not say no to people. And it kind of kind of nips me in the butt a little bit every now and again. And I get the stink eye from the employees when I take a cake the day of. But it's I it's from my school. I don't say no. So it's, yeah. it's, it's tough. But yeah. uh, and I want to make, you know, really we're there to help make people's, you know, parties and lives special with with what we do. Yeah. And that's the goal. In addition to the the storefront and the the you know the bakery itself, I know you collaborate and work with some of the other uh, restaurants and businesses in town. What does what does it mean to have that kind of collaboration between yourself and others in town? And and what have you enjoyed about maybe partnering with with other folks? Uh, it's great. It's it's a chance to get showcase our stuff in in other places and and you know I do some work with San Pedro Cafe and Barkers and and a few other places and they have our information on their on their menus. So it it might introduce someone to hey they order a sandwich and say wow this bread's really good and it you know they they become customers yeah. it's great it you know and it uh, it's just a way to bring people in another way to bring people into our shop after tasting our stuff somewhere else I know Emerald Bean has some of your pastries too which you know coffee and a pastry that's a pretty yeah. good combo too yeah <laughs> yeah exactly Is that, are these uh, did they approach you for that Is that things that you kind of just collaboratively they, or, or you know they approached us okay. um, when they were maybe. I don't know, six months out from opening, okay, which was cool. Uh, we're more than willing to help out everybody where we can, but we're we are super small, so we can't take on every single thing. And a lot of people want a lot of stuff from us, and and unfortunately, I got to say no to some things. Yeah, um, but we'll do whatever we can and 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 fit it in. Like we, you know, we make our breakfast pastries, and Ember and Bean comes and grabs, you know, a few of those every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's good. It's it's a good relationship in the town. Um, everybody can kind of work together and, and showcase each other. Yeah, and you kind of alluded a little bit to just how much work goes into you know being a baker and and all the stuff that you do and having things fresh in the morning is you know I'm sure early morning hours. Take me through just kind of what a day in the life looks like as far as that whole process and then being able to be ready for when the doors open. Uh, it's, it's a lot. It's early. It's, it's, you know, it's three, four o'clock in the morning, probably should be even earlier. <laughs> uh, but some of our breads were able to prep the night before late at night. Okay. And then the next morning we we take them from there and, and get them into the ovens. Uh, fortunately it's, I'm only as good as the people that I hire and I've got a really, I've got a great staff of extremely hardworking people. Um, I just hired a kid here to kind of take over the, the morning for me. Okay. So it doesn't have to be a three in the morning till yeah. five, six at night kind of deal. Yeah. Um, I'm not getting any younger. My joints aren't uh, feeling so good. So he really eliminates the pressure on me for, for the super, super long days. Yeah. Uh, but 
And really, anybody on my staff really has never worked a day in baking and pastry. So mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like school every day. Yeah. Every day there. And it's fun and exciting to watch everybody learn. I mean, it's to do things they've never done before and take a pile of really just flour, sugar, and and turn it into something that, that that's tasty and, and looks good and tastes good and, and see the smiles on the people. It, that's that's what that's what it's all about. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to ask you a few things about the, the stuff you do bake. Uh, I'll start off by saying the almond croissant is my favorite, although the, just the plain croissant has become a, a, a favorite of mine as well. Uh, what's your favorite thing to bake of maybe of, we'll start with the things that you sell in the store. And if there's something else that you enjoy baking that's not there, what, what would that be? Uh, you know what? This is where I get a little boring. I don't <laughs> I don't have a favorite okay. thing to make. Um, I do enjoy making breads because it's it's fun to you know, like I said, just take a bunch of different really powders and and maybe a single celled organism yeast and and make something that's living. Really, it is living yep. until you put it in the oven and then you you kill it. But uh, it, it's exciting to take something that's just super raw and make something just really unique out of it. You yeah. know that 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 the, the process of it makes me. Probably more excited than anything. I'm not, you know, I'm like, I, there's nothing that I'm like, oh my God, I got I to make this today, right? <laughs> sure. I've been doing this for so long that it's, yeah, there's nothing that I'm like, oh my God, I'm itching to get in. But yeah. it's, I'm kind of crazy. I dream about it. I, I often dream about different desserts. And that's when I'll go in and make stuff. And that's where I'm more excited. Right? Sure. Yeah. What about the, the hardest thing to bake? Is there something that, whether it's just the time commitment or the physical challenge of it, what, what's maybe the toughest thing that you make? There's nothing that's really tough. It's just sometimes overwhelming when you got, you know, 50 cakes to make in a weekend and, yeah. and, and you know, you're going to be busy and with the breakfast crowd and, and everything else, it's an opening on time and, and having people come through the door right away when you open. That's probably more of the stress or the the hardest thing about it, I guess, are just so many moving parts, bringing it all together and, yeah. and have everybody do their jobs and 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 keep learning and, and, and making it a unique experience for our guests. Yeah. You mentioned that the custom cakes you do. I've seen pictures of, of someone, they're, they're visually just stunning too, but do you have, and I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, is there one that you've done that maybe stands out as a, a favorite or one that you're just really proud of what it what the end result looked like? Uh, you know what? Not, not necessarily. I think it's, each one is unique. I've, we're kind of like a snowflake cake, Sure. you know, not really, they're never the same, Yeah. which is cool. And a lot of times, you know, clients will come with a picture and say, can you recreate this? And you, yeah, we can, we can re really recreate anything. And for me, the fun part is having my staff who's really never made a cake before and, and it's all of them and yeah. every, everybody's involved. Right. And, and to see them, come up to a, to a level of say, I can just say, Hey, go make that cake. And they can do it now without, yeah. without me helping them. That's, that's cool. That's, that's cool for that me. That's cool. Yeah. What about your favorite thing to eat of the stuff you bake? Uh, <laughs> you, gotta have a, you gotta have a favorite there, right? Uh, you know what? I actually, I don't, I, I don't eat a lot of sweets. I have okay. to taste everything to make sure that it's okay. Yeah. And that's part of the, uh, my, my eating all day long <laughs> is just make sure that mousse is okay or make sure, sure. that that bread is okay. Um, we're doing a featured bread of the week now, so it's different every week. Um, so we'll taste that make sure it's okay, but I'm not a, I'm not a huge, I mean, if I go to a nice place for a restaurant or I'll, I'll order desserts sure. and, and, and try their breads, obviously, but it's nothing that I, you know, I'm, I just, I, otherwise I'd be like 900 pounds and I'm, <laughs> I'm having problems as it is. And everybody comes in and say, how don't you weigh 500 pounds? And it's like, well, I 
you know, I, I love what I make. Don't get me wrong. It's fun. And I, and I, and I love producing it, but it, it does get to be too much if you eat it all day long. That's for I sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I can see that. <laughs> uh, as far as just kind of owning a bakery and, and running a bakery, what's something that maybe we hadn't talked about yet that most people don't realize that goes into it? Uh, it's a lot of work. It's a ton, ton of work. Um, people come in, they see the finished product and they don't, they have no idea how we got there. Um, and to constantly change, um, the desserts that are up front, let's say focus on desserts for a minute. Uh, it, it's a ton of work. Each dessert has like five or six different components in it. And yep. we can have, you know, 16 to 18 different desserts out there. Uh, just little, you know, three biters I'm talking. They don't realize what goes into it. And, mm -hmm. and it's it, a lot of times you know, I mentioned my I had problem saying no to people. <laughs> so, you know, I, a lot of times people will call last minute for things and, and we'll, we'll do it. But they don't they don't realize what how hard it is to do that. So we always ask people to call ahead, please. A couple, you know, forty eight hours would be great. But uh, it's it's a lot. But it's it's at the end of the day, it's fun to make it special for people, and that's what it's about. We hadn't talked about the ice cream, which maybe isn't quite the same as baking. But when I guess tell me about the ice cream part of it, uh, the backstory of that. Uh, well, every working in hotels over the years, we've. You know, every hotel I worked in, there's always three or four restaurants and then catering and then or banquets and catering and then room service. Well, we'd always make our own ice creams for, you know, we have a banquet menu of maybe plated dinner desserts of like 20, 30. And to enhance it and make it more special, we would include ice cream, which a lot of a lot of places don't, a lot of mm -hmm. venues. Um, it, it's hard. It, it makes people talk and work together like timing wise yeah. for an event. So and it's. For the the guest at the end of the day, wow, to have a, a a plated dinner for 500 people and have homemade ice cream on it and to get it out the door without it melting in a timely manner, it it takes a lot of work. But at the end of the day, the, the meal is much better. The dessert is much better and yep. it enhances everything. So that's really where we started. And then, I mean, at the room service, we'd offer, you know, five or six or 10 different ice creams. So that's kind of where I fell in love with ice creams. Yeah. And, and it just seemed like a no-brainer here on the river in the summer. Yep. Um, Hard to go wrong with ice cream. <laughs> it is. It is. I, I tend to stop making it in uh, November, December. Okay. Uh, this year, we're going to keep making ice creams because I've got a pint freezer now. Oh, So we'll perfect. sell it by the pint in the winter. Sure. Uh, but maybe not necessarily the cones or in cups. The yeah. Gotcha. Uh, a couple of last ones here before uh, before we let you go. Uh, so if someone's maybe just wanting to bake as a just a home baker, not open their own bakery, anything like that, but just kind of want to mess around in their own kitchen, what advice would you give them to maybe start it out as a hobby? Uh, patience. Sure. Uh, get a thermometer, get a scale. And it's, you know, people always say, well, it's an exact science, right? And it is, and it, it is, and it isn't, right? Yeah. I mean, you got to get the science part of it down first. Before you start just adding things and throwing things in, like, you know, like last week we did a Asiago sun-dried tomato bread. Ooh. And, you know, you got to get the bread part done first before you start, you know, doing adjuncts and making it something something extra. So there's that. Uh, there's so many different things out there now with the Internet and, yep. and, and things you could. Recipes online everywhere. Recipes online. There's master classes now that you sure, can take yeah. from some of the best, you know, chefs, pastry chefs in the world. Which is a great, great tool. I mean, the internet has, has really changed things. Uh, back when I was coming up, it was the Food Network came on, yeah. right? <laughs> and that <laughs> we used to watch the Food Network, me yeah. and all the chefs that I used to, you know, live with all the time. And that was our jam. And then, you know, you learn a lot from that and take it to the workplace. And and now it's, yeah, now it's the internet. You can learn, you learn anything on it. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I, 
people come to me and they say, well, I really would love to go to culinary school. And I, I say, don't. Hmm. It's too much money. It costs way too much money. And nowadays, it's just, it's a business. It's not, hey, we're going to take X amount of students. We're going to teach them everything we know. And we're going to cap it off, you know, at so many students. They just take, they'll take everybody because it's, it's about the money. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you really want to do this professionally, like the kid that just came to work for me, Beckett, I told him, I said, I'll, if you want to come work for free for me, you know, a couple, two, three days a week, and I'll, I'll start you off and show you some things and, yeah. and, and get you in that way. Because experience is really the only teacher. Right. It's the best teacher. Um, and he did. He did. He worked. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> uh, for three days a week. And then we ended up taking him on. He, he's and he's, cool. he's killing it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So I, I if you're looking to do it, there's in books nowadays, too. There's so many great books out mm -hmm. there. Um, so books, Internet, talk to your local baker if he's got time and and willing to, you know, have you come in and watch a few things, too. Yeah. You know, it doesn't hurt to ask. I'm a, I like making cookies. I haven't gotten too adventurous. I tried donuts one time, uh, breads here and there. I, I need to get into the kitchen more and, and do some more bake because my kids like helping out too and mixing and everything. So that's it's cool. fun. Yeah, it's it fun. It is fun. Uh, so we're sitting here. You've got a, a Minnesota Wild sweatshirt on. And uh, whenever I come into the store, you usually got a Twins hat on. Uh, I wanted to ask you about being a Minnesota sports fan on a border town because this is something that's fascinated me. I grew up a Minnesota sports fan. I'm a Wisconsin Badger though too. So kind of got split allegiances, but uh, what, what's it been like for you living in a, a river a border town as a Minnesota sports fan? Do you feel like it's a, a pretty even split? Uh, it, it, it seems like it's an even split. Yeah, yeah it is. And in, in my family too, I have, you know, I have the diehard Packer fans. Okay. We got the diehard Vikings fans. You know, I try to play it in the middle the best I can. <laughs> I it, just like politics. I'm Right See, I think you've middle. had both Vikings and Packers helmets yeah, in the store. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I got to represent everybody. Yeah. So I wear the Twins hat because they're closer. Right? That's true. Yeah. And then when I lived in D.C., I always wear the the local stuff for sure. for for the teams there. Uh, but it it is it, I think it is split down the middle being a border town. It's yeah. you know some people can't come in and they give me a little crap on on <laughs> Viking stuff and but you know it's all it's all part of the fun of it, right? You don't say no to someone wanting a Packers cake or something like that? No, no, I, I don't. We'll, we'll, we will make it. And I'm not the kind of guy that's like, if the Packers are in it, I'll cheer for them. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm the regional sports guy. I'm a sure. Big Ten guy. I'm a NFC Central guy. So I'll, if those teams are in it, I'll cheer for okay. them. Well, I can't say the same about myself, but that's good for you for doing that. <laughs> well, it's been grossly hard. It's been very hard being a Minnesota fan. So that's true. it's, it's that's not true. easy. Yeah. So, and the Twins were in it this year. I, right. I, I made it a point to go to that first game oh, because nice. okay. uh, that first playoff game, because I just had a feeling that this was, you know. Maybe finally like, their year. Yeah, yeah it, was like winning, it was like winning the whole thing, just yeah. getting past one round, right, or winning a game. <laughs> exactly. So it, it was fun. Yeah. Well, last question I want to leave you with, and, and this is open-ended, so take it however you want. What's your favorite thing about Hudson? Uh, favorite thing is probably the people. Just wonderful, wonderful people. I uh, My staff is fantastic front of the house, back of the house. And, and they're always commenting on what great people that are here that come in and, and, and buy stuff. Our, our clients are wonderful. They're super friendly, super nice. The people have just been really, really supportive. And, you know, if I have to close, we, we had a COVID issue. We had to close for a week. Um, you know what? If I have to take a day off and close and do some maintenance or something mm -hmm. or even personal maintenance, they're they're really supportive. And you know what? I'll post it online. They'll say, hey, great. Good for you, man. Just take take a day off, you know? Yeah. So really the people uh, love living in this 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 area. I love the river. Uh, like I said, I grew up here. So it's, it's back home. Yeah. 
Well, that's that's great to hear, and uh, really appreciate you taking the time for the to be on the podcast today. And of course, thanks for all the great pastries you've made. I know I've uh, been a consumer of many of them, but it's been a, a great asset to the community. So. Charles, really appreciate uh, your time today. Thank you. I appreciate it. All righty. Thanks once again to Chef Charles Froke of St. Croix Baking Company for joining us on the St. Croix Stories podcast. I enjoyed my conversation with him. I always enjoy stopping in the shop downtown Hudson. So next time you need some baked goods, head on down there. And if you missed the first episode of this podcast, this was just the second episode here. My first episode was with Chad Trainer of Urban Olive and Vine, about as great of an advocate of the Hudson community as you'll find. So I'd encourage you, if you missed that one, to go back and check that conversation out as well. You can find it at stcroystories.com or search St. Croix Stories on all the podcast platforms. Don't forget to give us a five-star review that'll help spread the word even more and share it with your friends and family as well. Let them know what's going on here in the Hudson community. Until next time, have a great day. <laughs>